Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Hercules Invictus, and this is our last Optimal Wellness Show, indeed our last show period of uh, 2019. Our next show on Wednesday will be the first show of 2020, also starting with um, Optimal Wellness. Um, We're going to be starting tonight with Proactive Wellness with Astrid, and today her topic is going to be being proactive with traditional and alternative care. Greetings and welcome, Astrid. How are you? Greetings, Hercules. Well, I think it's great you're ending with wellness and you're beginning with it. Yes. How wonderful is that? <laughs> that is awesome. It is. It's continuity. And the last time we spoke, which is actually the first time I've done optimal wellness with you, was in the beginning of November. And mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about what we need to be well and keeping healthy. And one was seeing a doctor that we have complete trust with and who is willing to sit and listen, which is something that's very difficult. And it doesn't matter whether it's your regular GP, a holistic doctor, an alternative medicine doctor, whomever you feel that comfortable with in terms of of a person looking after your wellness. And we mentioned blood work analysis, how important that was, and where we go from there. Is there a diagnosis? Is there a simple resolution? Do you have to see a specialist? Well, I find that when you do get the blood work and you sit down with your doctor and you should ask them to make time for you to go over the tests, it's important to ask what's important for your particular gender and your age group because it varies. What you need may be less or more according to your gender or your age. Hmm which is really important. And yeah. the other thing is that um, you have all this blood work panel and you say, okay, well, what about this? Is it something that just occurs as you age or do you need to compare it with your familial history? If you really start 
to look and study your family. And you look at them in terms of, again, gender and age. You will see that there are specific illnesses and sometimes vitamin deficiencies that show a pattern. And then you have to ask yourself whether they're gender or age-related. And is it time to delve deeply with the doctor? Because there are more related tests for it. And I'll share a little story that, that happened with me. And is it time for genetic testing for particular markers? Because you could say, oh, yeah, my family is just loaded with this or loaded with that problem. Go for genetic testing and find out that you do not carry that particular marker. Hmm. That's because interesting. Because we know, genetics is a strand that's made up of many connectors, and just because you're a part of that family does not mean you're going to have everything that's indicative to certain aspects of uh, family members. And these tests are, are readily available now. I remember years ago they were hard to uh, arrange for. Now it seems you can get kits to get uh, genetic material. Right. Like and not just that. They're, they're becoming more extensive in what they'll test for. Uh, and at one time insurances would not even cover any of them. But if your doctor knows the game and knows how to deal with the insurance companies, which is getting more and more difficult to have them pay for certain tests, if there is an increase in your family, and the doctor can specify that, and it's easy to do that. Uh, for, uh, for instance, you know, I was going to um, a special woman's group for um, uh, better care in terms of mm -hmm. surgeons and doctors that dealt with, the, with, the, with, with breast cancer. Uh, because it's so common in my mother's side of the family where, where almost every single female hits 60 and you're lucky if you made it anywhere from 60 to 62. That was it. And it just seemed that uh, all my aunts and quite a few of my cousins had it. So you just assume, well, I'm next. But um, if you have a, 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 any doubt, uh, you, first of all, you should seek a really great care facility. There are specific mm -hmm. facilities that will deal with, with um, certain illnesses or, or certain uh, genetic factors. And uh, I found in Montclair Breast Center, they were amazing, and they were recommended to me through other friends. And I was amazed by them because you didn't have to wait two weeks for a letter. They have more advanced equipment. They have a... Um, they do a whole workup on you in terms of um, your your family members, um, your diet, your nutrition, what your habits are, wow. you know, your whole sense of wellness. And when you do have your uh, tests, they do 3D. They were one of the first to have the 3D mammography, so you get a more in-depth picture, particularly if you have density issues. Uh, they also have surgeons there that call you in sit down with you. It's not a lab technician. Mm -hmm. It's a surgeon that sit down with you within five, ten minutes of you having your test and point out everything, have you looking at the films, and discuss everything with you. If there's anything that they think that's suspect, they will have multiple films done of different angles, whatever. So uh, that is very helpful, finding if you, if you feel that you have an issue, finding a group that is, has more expertise in that particular area. And then the next step is going for genetic testing. 
you know, which with uh, my particular uh, GYN said, no, you need to, we need to pursue this further. You know, why do you need to have extra films? And and I always say it's better to be more cautious than not uh-huh. cautious enough. And again, uh-huh. if you have trust in your doctor, you know, they, they should be steering you the right way. They know you, you know, know your history. They see you all the time. And basically it's like being with a good friend or a family member. And uh, I pursued other tests, and, and of course, you know, the um, MRIs, the lab techs, and everything, they insurance rules that out right away, because they're not going to go on hearsay, so what do you do next? You see a specialist, right. and a specialist will basically go for the genetic markers, and it's not just BRAC1 and 2, there are a multitude of tests, markers for breast cancer, which I was unaware of. And I luckily had the uh, joy of being told I did not have any of those more. Yes, so Hercules, it's amazing. You know, we can make ourselves yeah, crazy because we just make that assumption. Well, every other relative has it, so, you know, I'm going to get it too. But, again, I have my father's genetic history as well as my mother's. So, uh, you know, that was a good thing. You know, I got to hear that great news. And plus... Um, Sometimes you'll have other relatives, and this is why it is important to know the family history. You'll have other relatives who have had issues, and then they start to hear about another relative that had issues. And and then you start having um, them discussing it. And luckily, we had one particular cousin who who was really on the ball who questioned her husband's phlebitis and having a horrifying heart attack that was fatal in his 40s. Wow. So she questioned it further and had other relatives and started looking for patterns. So this is what I'm saying. It is so important to be proactive, even with your family. And we found out there was a specific test that was generated not that many years ago for family that it's a genetic disorder with a clotting factor, that people clot too well. And it seems that uh, a few of my cousins went for the test and they had it. So uh, my doctor, I discussed it with my doctor, and when you start getting to the point when you're getting operations or or other issues, it's always good to be proactive and know if there's a situation that exists so you can be prepared if you are having surgery. And luckily, I did not have that genetic factor as well. But the point is, how would you know if you didn't have that test? Right. Yeah, you wouldn't know. So it's a good thing that we have these things right now. Right. And the other thing is we do have the Internet, and sometimes you can make yourself crazy when you start going onto all the medical sites. Uh-huh. So you even punch in a question stating, never mind symptoms because you can make yourself crazy and you'll think you'll have everything. But just push put, put in something about is there, you know, a uh, genetic disorder for this particular um uh, problem, you know, say clotting or whatever, and, and it will come up. You know, you just mm-hmm. keep searching, and you will find out there are specific tests for um, problems with your genes. You know, like I said, there'll be a disorder, or you know, just familial situations. So it's always good to check. You know, be proactive rather than find out when you're on the operating table or some other hor- horrifying experience. You get a diagnosis that you're not happy with. Right. 
No, it is better to be safe than uh, sorry, especially when it's so easy to get information now. And this type of information uh, sheds light on a lot and takes the, the guesswork away from uh, uh, the process. Uh, for instance, when I got uh, diagnosed with diabetes, I didn't even know that there was diabetes in my family. Uh, it's only after I was diagnosed that I started asking that I found out that uh, several people in my family had uh, diabetes before me. I just never knew about it. Right. And then, of course, is it diabetes one or two? Is it, you know, gendered? You start looking at the gender. In our family, it's uh, um, it's the males. There's There are a few males that have it. My dad had um, age onset diabetes, but yet my brother had diabetes very young. So, you know, you have to, sometimes there's a pattern, other times they're not. You could have something completely different or not even carry that gene. Right. And then, of course, there are always things that when you find out and sit down with your doctor, there are things that that can resolve certain problems. One being uh, supplements, if you need more supplements, and, and that's an easy thing. You know, you basically read your blood work, and again, gender and age-related, you have to look at it because you have uh, levels that need to be increased or decreased according to uh, where you're at. And I found it interesting because I do have some natural health and nutrition journals that I subscribe to. One being, uh-huh. you know, this is Dr. Brownstein, who is amazing, and he was a regular doctor, and then he started finding out things that just did not make sense in terms of his medical profession. And he saw a lot of things were related to what we eat, the environment, and, um, you know, your diet, and, and uh, things that happen to us related to stress, and other things that we find out as we go along that science determines. But there are eight essential minerals required by the body. And he says one is calcium. Okay, I was going to ask before. Yeah, (laughs) calcium, and it's crucial for bone health. It maintains, and I didn't know some of this, maintains blood pressure and cholesterol levels. Hmm. And you always go for your food source, of course. You know, you go right. to like milk, cheese, yogurt, because they're preferred. They get absorbed by the body. And you can't get it from fortified foods. Leafy greens have some calcium. Uh, but then, again, if you're just if you do all that and your calcium levels are low, then you need to take a supplement. And that's where you have to do your research in terms of what is the best supplement for you. And another one is magnesium, and we never really hear about magnesium that much. And that's necessary for maintaining a healthy metabolism, stabilizing the nervous system. It treats migraines, menstrual pain, constipation. Uh, people that were had low levels of magnesium were more likely to develop dementia and Alzheimer's. Mm. And that's interesting. And natural yeah, food yeah. sources for magnesium is dark chocolate, avocados, nuts, tofu, beans, whole grains, and some fatty fish such as salmon, mackerel, and halibut. And again, you have to really look at your own wellness because some people can't have these things, whether it be due to allergies or some other health issue. And how does one, because there's there's a lot of... uh... Um, uncertainty regardless uh, to about vitamins and uh, I know that sometimes they're highly recommended by people and they give information right. so you're sharing uh, and then uh, others uh, 
who have equal credentials are saying, no, it's a scam, <laughs> that you should get it from food and that you can get it from food? Well, that's where the blood tests and your doctor comes in. Because okay. you should be getting it from food, but and I'll go into that in a bit too. But okay. not everybody absorbs everything, and with vitamins, you have to really look into the vitamin companies, and it has to be a pure source. Plus, certain vitamins are not absorbed unless they're taken with specific foods, with food or not taken with food, or you cannot have them in conjunction of certain medications. So that's why we say you have to be proactive. You can't just take things as absolute. But calcium, magnesium, iron, zinc, sodium, selenium, potassium, and iodine are, they say, the most important vitamins to have. And um, it's interesting because iodine, Yes, iodine. Iodine, right. Well, we all used to have salt that had iodine on it, in it, within it. Iodine salt, yes. And right, but then you will even see it's iodized. It says on the on the on the little container, iodized salt. But since people are starting to go with natural salts, uh, you don't see that in there. And uh, studies have shown that one third of the population is at risk for deficiency. Wow. Or iodine, since we've eliminated that. And that helps your thyroid gland produce hormones. Hmm. So that's interesting. So iodine, you can get it in seaweed, cod, dairy products, iodized salt, shrimp, tuna, prunes, eggs. Of course, you know, I'm sure you don't need much of that. But at the point of it is, you know, we were getting it at one point, and then all of a sudden you don't. And potassium is very important because it's also an electrolyte. And it helps conduct electrical impulses throughout the whole body, stabilizes blood pressure, heart rhythm, digestion, and other functions. And uh, selenium, really important because it protects your immune system. And it's, again, proper functioning of the thyroid gland. And the thyroid gland is so important. Uh, The best, best food sources for that would be fish. Ham, beef, turkey, eggs, lentils, Brazil nuts, which I found amazing. Brazil nuts are amazing. I did some research on them. You just can't have many of them, two or three a day, because they are Mm -hmm. a high-fat food. So uh, they're very good for your arteries, too, which you would not imagine. thought that was interesting. But, um, yeah, and zinc, When I never even heard about zinc deficiencies. But you can get that in meat and beans. Lobster and wild rice. <laughs> zinc is a funny one, though, because uh, uh, I know about zinc deficiencies. Uh, I'd read up on them um, mostly because of uh, denture cream. Denture cream has zinc in it, and the really? zinc in den- yeah. yeah, the zinc in denture cream is uh, dangerous for you in the long run, uh, and yet you need zinc in the short run. So that's been one of those. Uh, uh, I'm going to be doing a show on aging. So that was part of my research. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. But, you know, again, zinc, vitamin A, niacin, these really important vitamins, those three, you have to be very careful because there is that borderline. Not right. enough and too much where you could have, you know, horrific side effects. And uh, that's amazing. And certain nutritional deficiencies can cause fatigue. And uh, one is... Your B, your B vitamins, they said it's so crucial to energy and your blood 
that the B complex vitamins are important, but there's a whole bunch of them. You know, B3, B6, B12, you know, at which I was unaware there were so many Bs until I, I had an issue. And um, they said it's an important nutrient, B12, for energy because it contributes to the health of our blood, the brain, and the mm-hmm. nervous system, and blood cell formation. And it also breaks down homocysteine, which is an amino acid that's linked to conditions like heart disease, stroke, and Alzheimer's. Mm. So uh, it's like, whoa. And... Um, but that uh, the omega-3 fatty acids is another one that uh, is really important because it, it, dec- it helps decrease inflammation within the body. Potassium, adrenal gland disorders. Uh, people that use diuretics are more prone to potassium deficiency. And uh, D, we're finding that, you know, a lot of people are low in D. Common deficiencies. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes, you know, it would maybe... You know, and it's wrong to make this assumption, but so many people I know are going vegan and moving right. away from meats and and any anything that's live. You know, they will only go with plants and and they won't even do the protein drinks because they're you know animal based. I wonder if that's an important factor too, because if you are getting away from these different natural ways of getting these vitamins, then you have to make sure you're supplementing. Right. Um, I am a carnivore. I eat a lot of uh, meat and uh, I'm not changing that anytime soon. Uh, but I, And I also lift weights, so I take uh, protein drinks. Uh, and I've been noticing too that a lot of the protein uh, 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 drinks are becoming more vegan, like you're saying. Uh, so it's yes. more difficult to get things like egg or beef uh, and uh, the artificial sweeteners in some of them, tur- yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get something with some of the artificial no. sweeteners. I agree uh, with you. I agree with you because people are, oh, I don't want the sugar. It causes inflammation. A right. natural thing in moderation is better than something that is synthetic. And boy, was that proven with cheese. And, and with butter and margarine. You know, once uh-huh. you start doing synthetic, you're you're doing something that's not natural to the body, and the body's going to react to it. Now, you asked how do you buy the right supplements. Well, there's a person who is the a doctor who's the founder of ConsumerLab.com offered these points. Make sure there's enough evidence that the supplement works. Find out exactly how much should be taken, how often, and does it need to be taken in a certain way. Make sure you're aware of potential side effects or interactions with medications. Make sure the product has been tested and approved for quality by an independent group, as, such as the U.S. Pharmacopeal, oh, I can't say that one, Pharma Whatever <laughs> Convention, which bridges the gap between lack of government scrutiny of supplements and the consumer's need for safe vitamins because it is important no matter what you take, whether it's from um, the pharmacy or whether it's a natural supplement, you've got to do your homework. You've got to make sure for interactions. Yes, you have your pharmacy that when you go to uh, there and get a medication, you get a little pamphlet and it talks about this and that. They're supposed to um, advise you about risks or the right way to take them. Some do, some don't. But there is no one that will basically talk to you about supplements. That's why it is important to have good sources. Yes. And uh, that's a great resource you just shared. I was looking at it while you were talking and I'm sharing it in a few different places, the consumerlab.com. 
Now, you were saying, well, you should be getting it through your foods, right? Yes. You should be able to get everything for your foods. And I'm sure that, um, you know, our ancestors sure did. But the point of it is you have to do crop rotation so you don't deplete the soil. And the other thing is that the nutritional content of the food has gone downhill because there have been big issues in terms of what's going into the foods. Um, There was a study from the University of Texas. They looked at the changes in the food composition in crops from 1950 to 1999, and they found that 43 different foods showed declines in six nutrients, protein, calcium, phosphorus, iron, riboflavin, which is vitamin B2, and ascorbic acid, which is vitamin C. So here you think you're getting it through the food, and that wasn't the case. They also did a study of 5,000 Americans yearly via uh, physicals and lab testing, and they found that uh, in, in all the data that there was a, a substantial proportion of adult population, more than 40%, that had inadequate intakes of vitamins A, C, D, E, calcium, and magnesium. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's amazing. You have to be proactive. A, look at the blood work. B, sit down with your doctor and talk. You know, whether it's, you know, you have to not just look at, at the symptoms, but what is causing it. You know, we talked about the genetic markers. Uh, is there a need for a supplement? And not every doctor believes in supplements. You know, no. a lot of times you're given a pill. And the pharmacy industry, as we have said, is so powerful. It is the number two lobby group in the whole country. Two and lobbyists. I can give an example. Congressman. <laughs> uh huh. I can give an example of this. This is a personal example, and of course, we know that not everything works for everybody. But um, mm-hmm. because of my diabetes, uh, my eyes were getting really bad. I could, yeah, you know, everything was very blurry. Uh, it it shifted. Sometimes I could see more than other times, but uh, it got really, really bad. I couldn't make out signs. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, uh, you know, read books without like. Uh, uh, you know, glasses. And um, so I started doing eye exercises, which everyone says are no good, but I've had good experience with them in the past. And I started taking um, Optivites, which have uh, lutein and other vitamins in them. Uh, and now okay. my, eyes, my eyes are fine. <laughs> uh, you know, they're still not 100%, but uh, yeah, I'm in my 60s, so they're not going to be 100%. Nobody's eyes right. Um, right. I know are hundred percent, but I could now read, uh, and, uh, I could uh, read like a book. I could read signs without needing the reading glasses. So, uh, uh, th- that proved the vitamins also CLA. Um, uh, I found that, uh, with the, uh, bodybuilding vitamins, uh, that's a little known one, uh, but that works whenever I take it, it works very quickly and very effectively in helping to process, uh, stores of body fat. Uh, so that if I don't take it, I, I can still lose the body fat, but it won't be as dramatic as when I take the CLA. So um, everybody is different, but the vitamins do work if you uh, experiment intelligently uh, with them. And if you have a doctor. Yeah. 
and, and all of those things are really important, you know. And and um, and again, we said being proactive. Um, I was, you know, had a situation where I have calcium buildup. We have, we have calcium issues in our family, and that's definite. Um, with my mother's side of the family. So we become calcified here and there. We have calcium here, calcium deposits, and calcium is your body's way of healing, whether it be allergies or deficiencies or scars within your arteries or, or overuse of the bone and there's a little bit of inflammation, and by the way, it's calcium to the rescue. Um, but we have to be really careful. Again, you, you have to know your family history, and then you look for more tests. And so you, you run through a whole battery of tests, which is always better to have the tests. And that leads to more tests, as you know, or maybe um, a medication. And it's always best, I feel personally, and again, it depends on the individual's history, to save the pharmacy for last. If there's another way, like you just said what you did with your eyes, um, if there's a way you can get around it, you know, um, it's best to do it. It's like losing weight. Diet pills are not a good thing. Uh, right. It's best to find out why your body is doing what it does. And, again, it's gender-related and it is age-related. When you are, If you're a female and you're going through menopause, there are women who are going to see that their body changes drastically after menopause. And age factor, your body changes. Exercise is important, you know, keeping up with um, exercise. And it doesn't mean working the remote while sitting on the sofa, (laughs) uh, which a lot of people do as they're older. But you have to find one that's safe for you. And you have to be proactive. Again, if you're going to a gym, you have to go there being uh, being communicative, uh, you have to communicate with people and say, I have arthritis here and there. I have issues here and there. I've had a case of frozen shoulder. So I need to know what I have to avoid. Find out what you should not do first and then what you could do. And it may even just be, if you like working with the Nautilus equipment, it might even just be less weight and maybe a different seat position. Hmm. So that's important, but, you know, they definitely say, you know, particularly women as you get older because of your bones, women over 40, you start losing bones, you have menopausal, postmenopausal, more so you lose bones. Weight-bearing exercise, working out with weight is fantastic. It doesn't mean you have to press 200-pound barbells, but Uh it's just the consistency of working out with weights. It helps the bones. Uh, yes, it does. Uh, weightlifting is uh, awesome. Um, and uh, as you said, you don't have to do heavy weights. And sometimes uh, there are things like dynamic tension and uh, uh, isometrics and isotonics and uh, other right. types of exercises that you can do weightlifting kind of without the weight. So if you just have a chair uh, or the edge of exactly. a bureau, you can do exercises. Oh, well, after I had my um, knee replacement, I had to go for therapy, and I was very impor- I was insistent that I would do not just one bout of it, but double. And then I even paid. Many of these uh, places, the rehabs, will let you pay a monthly fee so you can continue on your own. You just can't interfere with the, the patients that are there with therapy, but you can go anytime. And uh, right. 
That's a great thing. And I found that sometimes just doing things like, I mean, because I did weightlifting for so many years, and then I still would do the, the, the smaller weights, you know, 20 pounds, 40 pounds, that I felt that it really wasn't working out, you know, that it's, that's not working out to me. But using some of those bands, and again, like you said, using ankle weights or using your own body weight by pressing against the wall, I was amazed how much of a difference that made in my getting better, faster, without endangering myself. That I used to work in private rehabilitation decades ago, and uh, th- that was something that I learned very dramatically, that the people who did the physical therapy um, would improve uh, more quickly and more markedly than those who avoided it, and that those who avoided it too long were stuck with chronic uh, conditions uh, uh, for the most part later on. It became much more difficult to do anything about them. Right, right. And then if you don't develop the muscles... Uh, around the bones that that have had surgery or or have had issues, then it's not going to get the help it needs. And and I've seen people, you know, have limps and and other, you know, debilitating situations because they didn't do the therapy. Yeah, I I swear by the physical therapy. The times I've had to take it, I put my all into it. Most definitely, most definitely. So, I mean, all these things are important. It's never just one thing. The other thing is like people will say, well, what's holistic? What's homeopathic? I don't know what to pick. <laughs> it's so confusing. And, and it is confusing because there are so many different alternatives now. And I, I found an interesting little site here. Let's see if I can get it going now that I touch something and shut it off. Here we go. Let's bring it up again. It says, okay. understanding differences between holistic, alternative, and complementary medicine. And this is from a site that's inquiriesjournal.com, and it's under health science. And it goes into all different things, holistic medicine, alternative medicine, complementary medicine. And they basically say, they say they're used interchangeably, but they're not the same. Alternative and complementary medicine are different. And holistic medicine is a term which means that you're embracing the larger definition of a system of treatment. And there are people that do not always work within the system of conventional medicine. And uh, holistic medicine is a philosophy that believes in treating the whole person, integration of mind, body, and spirit, and that these elements must be treated together. And in holistic belief systems, illness and injury are often a result of disharmony throughout everything, the whole, they're talking about balance. This is disharmony. So um, that is what they consider wellness. Now, what is important in alternative medicine is alternative medicine means other systems than traditional, and that would include Chinese medicine, homeopathy, and herbalism. And uh, being homeopathic is an alternative Thing that actually is not new. It was started about 250 years ago in the late 18th century by a German doctor and a biologist. And he believed the principles were related to the law of similars, which states that like cures light. Like, so a substance produces symptoms of illness in a well person, 
when administered in large doses. And if we administer the same substance in minute quantities, it cures the disease in a sick person. And uh, I thought that was interesting. And again, they feel that the body must be treated as a whole. And the right remedy would kickstart the whole system into healing itself at the uh, basic level. So it doesn't treat the disease, it treats the entire body. That's what they say. I shared the uh, resource uh, on uh, Facebook, and uh, we have a new group. We'll be writing an email about that uh, later tonight and sending it out so people know it's there. And we're going to be starting an an email group, too. So um, uh, the the shows are coming together quite nicely. Our journey is ending for today, and I want to thank you. for (laughs) that (laughs) is. And uh, I learned a lot. Uh, I started even more, but you know, I'm glad you gave that site because that site goes into Chinese and Indian Ayurvedic medicine and herbalism. And most of us do herbalism in terms of like St. John's Wort, cranberry, black cohosh. So, I mean, there are many things that we use. In the end, I think people have to find a balance amongst all of them in terms of their own special needs. Mm-hmm. I agree. And uh, that that journey uh, toward optimal wellness is uh, uh, an adventure, and it's different for all of us. And uh, exactly. it's good that we're all coming to that conclusion and sharing that, that uh, we're sharing freely with what helped and didn't help us. Um, but we welcome people to take their own journeys and to um, educate themselves as best uh, they can uh, and to share the results of their journeys with us as well. That's the next show under development. Um, thank you, you You're awesome. Happy holidays and happy new year. Yes, 2020, and it's going to bring a lot of good energy from what I'm hearing. That's what I hear, too. Um, And I will talk to you on Wednesday. We have a show then, too. (laughs) Okay. Talk to you soon. Be well. And uh, we're going to listen to a very quick song before we come back with Bold Spirits Holistic Concepts and uh, Michael Del Russi. And uh, let's see what song we haven't played in a while. I tend to play the same songs. Um, We will... Play the same song. We'll play Evolve by Bone Post Orchestra. I like that one.
edition of Bold Spirits Holistic Concepts with Michael Del Russi, and our topic is prayer and the holistic mind. Greetings and welcome, Michael. How are you today, my friend? Good evening, Hercules. It's so good to be with you. Thank you for having me. I'm here, and uh, thank you for uh, being on uh, this, the last um, Optimal Wellness Show of the year. Well, it's been a year full of information and inspiration, and uh, I'm honored to just be a part of it. Uh, I've learned a lot from your other guests as well, and all of the programs are very exciting. Thank you. Um, So uh, these are two topics that are of great uh, interest uh, to me. Um, 
at with prayer, regardless of whether you believe in its uh, effectiveness or not, prayer does bring a community together and prayer does express uh, very powerfully and very clearly that uh, people care about you. Uh, so um, even if that's the least of its uh, power, that's a tremendous uh, power, the power of uh, caring, the power of love, and that has healing virtues uh, in and of itself. And those of us who've experimented with uh, prayer find that it's actually a lot more than that. Um, so I'm really uh, interested in hearing what you have to say about uh, prayer. Uh, and also, of course, you know, our love of the bicameral mind and the evolution of humanity and how we think we've left it behind, but it's still there guiding us if we let it. Absolutely. And I know you uh, do so much in terms of community work and you're involved with all different types of people in all different walks of life. And I was wondering if you're sensing what I've been sensing lately. We're living in very frightening times, chaotic times, to say the least. Um, I guess you could say that about the 60s as well. But I, for me, I think these times perhaps in some ways are even more frightening. But I've sensed, circulating as I've done with people of all walks of life, that they mm -hmm. seem to be seeking a deeper, a deeper message, a deeper yeah. meaning. It seems to be going beyond doctrinal religion. And I'm, of course... I respect doctrinal religion, but it seems like they're reaching out for another voice, whether that voice be uh, mythical, uh, metaphysical, but they are reaching and amidst the chaos of everyday life. I sense this. Uh, are you sensing this also amongst people that they're reaching for a compassion, for an intuition, for a greater understanding? Are you sensing this as you go about your walk? Yes, I am sensing that very uh, powerfully, and I'm doing all I can in my small way to get people to communicate, uh, because despite what uh, doctrines or beliefs one adheres to uh, personally or uh, collectively with a group of uh, people, uh, we're all essentially expressing the same thing. We're all human beings right now, regardless of what we may have been, you know, for what we may be later, and we're here. Uh, so we share uh, common concerns and we share a common condition. Uh, so uh, that universality, that humanity that we share um, is becoming the focus to a lot of people rather than our beliefs about why we're here and what this is supposed to be all about and where we're going. Uh, and I find that uh, very healthy, uh, but some people are clinging on to the old ways uh, and uh, there's a lot of hate uh, that's out in the open now. It's like somebody left, left open Pandora's box and things <laughs> that people didn't feel comfortable talking about. Now they're openly claiming and it's, uh, it's uh, very uh, different. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it is. Know, it's compared, I mean, we both lived through the decade of the 60s when yeah. I think the, the bicameral mind was actually – at that time, perhaps working more efficiently because, uh, in fact, right brain was probably dominant during that era uh, when our associates, uh, if you will, our, our contemporaries, were really meant it from the heart when they ran up to you and handed you a flower <laughs> in the midst of, a, of, a, of, a, of a protesting the Vietnam War. I think they absolutely meant that. There was compassion. There was meaning. 
there was a, a grip that the, the the total wellness of a human being came first, uh, as opposed to these uh, uh, conflicts that uh, international conflicts that we were experiencing at the time. So I think perhaps. Uh, right brain was more dominant back in the 60s. Of course, I think the 60s, in my opinion, was an American renaissance in many ways for that decade. Uh-huh. Not to say that everything was perfect. You know, we had the drugs and we had experimenting with opening the mind. Yes, and that was important in some ways. And I don't mean uh, in terms of utilizing drugs as a means to do it. But we, people were curious. They were curious about uh, reaching for compassion and intuition and and expanding love through the process of thinking. And so I think in many ways the 60s was an uh, intellectual and emotional renaissance uh, in America. Yes, uh, it was a tumultuous time, like you say, and people were afraid of the like, uh, um, atomic war at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, but still, uh, the the human spirit seemed to blossom under those circumstances, and it opened itself up to new possibilities that it wouldn't allow before. Uh, but we're not getting that as much now. No, we're not. No, we're not. In many ways, I think beginning in the 80s, and I think some of the music in the 80s was great. Uh, and I, I think that for me, I think that was, along with the 60s, that may have been the last great decade of music, pop music anyway. But the 80s initiated the me generation, and I think during the 80s, uh, left brain, if you will, uh, in some ways took a dominant role in how our society was thinking. And in some ways, I think it was certainly a regression in the human spirit. Uh, Material success, career success began to play a more dominant role as opposed to the 60s and the 70s where our youth were still seeking a deeper meaning to life. I mean, man's search for meaning is in reality his effort to uncover a true holistic identity, and that identity is accepting that our true nature is made up of two different minds, and these minds react to the world in very different ways. Uh, I think that total growth and enriched awareness are our destiny uh, as we seek to establish an integrated relationship between these minds. And I think that Jesus, in many ways, along with other great spiritual teachers, that's what they really came to show us, to teach us, to impress upon us, uh, that we do react in two different ways with two different minds. They weren't familiar with the term bicameral, of course. And uh, our friend Julian Jaynes, as you know, who wrote his groundbreaking uh, book, uh, The Origin of Consciousness and the Breakdown of the bicameral mind he was not the first uh, but he was one of the teachers and researchers who introduced that term however <laughs> julian james missed the boat in many ways uh yeah. in my opinion and the, the way he did it was he emphasized that man became conscious when he began to let go of mysticism let go of religion let go of uh mythology let go of what our right brain was teaching us and responded more to what our left brain was saying in the here and now, in the logical linear existence, if you will. And that's where I think Julian James missed the boat because breaking down consciousness and leaning toward one hemisphere of the brain 
is not what the divine mind wanted us to do. I don't believe that is our destiny. Our destiny is indeed whole brain thinking, utilizing, right. integrating both hemispheres of the mind for a greater awareness in our lives. So I think in many ways, Julian James missed the boat. I mean, first, as an example, he contends that consciousness, consciousness, consciousness of mind, left brain, was practically non-existent for the Greeks before and during the time of Homer, as an example. Now, that claim in itself is kind of silly because during the time of Homer, during the golden age of the Greeks, well, the wife still had to chop vegetables. The husband still had to feed the horses. You still had to go out and go and grow the crops. I don't think they were stopping to listen to the voice of the gods in those daily tasks. So that was left brain logic in action. Where they did hear from right brain was when they reached for a deeper source, a deeper meaning to, 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 uh, to hold them up and help them to survive in this material and frightening world on a daily basis. And that's when they reached for the support, the emotional and spiritual support of the voice of the gods and reached out to listen to the voice of the God. So I think in many ways, uh, Julian James missed the boat there. He hardly ever touched, I I don't believe he touched upon uh, religion at all. Uh, He denigrated mythology. So while I think he did the the, um, contemporary audience a great service and introducing them to the bicameral mind, the bicameral condition, I think he kind of missed the boat because he totally totally dismissed the possibility of the existence of an invisible world. And we know there's plenty of evidence to support that there is an invisible world that, whether you want to accept it or not, is teeming with life. That is uh, – I found that to be true as well, and I, I found what uh, your conclusions were uh, to be valid as well because uh, um, I believe that – uh, it isn't to separate those uh, modes of consciousness, but to integrate them. So Absolutely. into the uh, here and now logical mind helped evolve us in certain ways uh, so that we weren't uh, mere puppets of an inner uh, process. Uh, but now we've gone far with that and it's time to reintegrate uh, the other part of the brain, the more artistic, the more religious and mystical part of the brain to bring us to a whole new state of uh, consciousness that transcends them uh, both. So uh, it, it, it's kind of like the uh, parable of ascension or apotheosis, uh, but it isn't mm-hmm. to destroy the quote unquote lower self. It's to elevate and join with uh, the higher self or the uh, more unconscious or subconscious self to, to create a, a bigger self than either. Well, you know what? That's very well put. And I noticed uh, on a, even on a, a nutritional level, as an example, I noticed that when you speak of your training and your diet and your supplementation, I can't help, cannot help but notice that you seem to go a lot by your inter- intuition. Now, not that you're not doing your research, but I notice you're going a lot by feel in terms of researching day-to-day how your body is reacting, how your mind is right. reacting, and that is right brain in action. So, And mm-hmm. I think it's so necessary in our contemporary existence. And with, with the advent 
of the free enterprise system in this country with the advent of the Industrial Revolution, which crisscrossed Europe and, of course, America as well. That's what we began to lose. That's what we yeah. began to lose. I mean, our growth as conscious beings does not come from ignoring right brain mysticism, as James pointed out, but rather in seeking to unify the mind. And in so doing, I think we are fulfilling our true calling. Because that is what the divine mind intended for us, balancing both hemispheres of the mind to a point of achieving, in my opinion, a sparkling enlightenment in our daily lives. Do we have to strive for it? Yes, we do sometimes. Do we have to clear our minds and to sense that it's there? Absolutely. But it's certainly worth the effort. And I don't want to use the term work because work turns off a lot of people. But just as we train our bodies in the gym, we have to provide ourselves for ourselves both in terms of listening for that voice which is through meditation and reaching out for that voice which comes through prayer devote that time to ourselves to grow as total entities i i agree and uh, as you're pointing out there are exercises that you can do through meditation and prayer uh, primarily to unite with uh um, this other greater, if you will, part of yourself or deeper part of yourself or, uh, you know, the, the part that connects us to the rest of uh, humanity and mm-hmm. uh, uh, interact uh, with it. And not as a worshiper, however, um, I tell people that I honor the divine and I try to attune myself with the divine, but it's not a worship uh, type of uh, uh, of situation, I see that that imbalance is something we need to correct, not perpetuate. Um, because if you try to perpetuate it, you get into this. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm committing atrocities because God told me to. <laughs> right. Paradoxical, but it happens so often that it's become a truism. Well, I think that's where uh, you know being aware of what each hemisphere of the brain is teaching us what e- what purpose each hemisphere of the brain uh, 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 guides us to. And I believe, I, I'm the kind of guy, I believe in keeping it simple. You know, yeah. while I believe, you know, I've, I've, I love metaphysics and I love the paranormal and uh, just like you, I mean, I've been a UFO researcher for, I guess, 30 years and all of that is a heck of a lot of fun and there's truth in a lot of it. But I believe in keeping it simple, and that's why I believe understanding the, the, the separation between left brain and right brain and how we can, once we become efficient in utilizing and integrating each hemisphere of the brain practically at a moment's notice and then recognizing it, kissing upon it. You see a coat in the store. You're looking for a heavy coat to protect you from the winter chill. That coat looks heavy enough. The, the, the aligning is right. Everything's, And then immediately, you know what? I like the color. <laughs> You've immediately shifted the right brain. You've shifted from left brain necessity, logic, to right brain desire. And that's fine. So, you know, even in the smallest of ways, we're shifting from one hemisphere to another on a daily basis without really recognizing it. So if we can apply that shifting of the hemispheres, the wisdom of the hemispheres, if you will, on a larger scale, in our peaceful moments, in our meditative times of prayer and meditation, uh, we can grow leaps and bounds in really connecting with the infinite without, without it being such an effort. 
even with the clamor and the noise of the Internet and trying to survive as we all do, making effort to survive financially on a daily basis. Right. Uh, it's not impossible uh, to do, as you pointed out. Uh, and uh, uh, I found that the single best practice is uh, meditation, just quieting the mind uh, you know, once or twice a day. And it doesn't even have to be for very long. And you can do it by being mindful of your breathing. You don't need uh, complex uh, mantras or um, any uh, particular body postures. In fact, I found that my best meditations are uh, lying down in bed, you know, and uh, <laughs> the quieting exactly. mind, uh, not getting caught in the mind's ceaseless uh, activity, letting it do it. Just let, let it right. flip like bats in a cave. That's okay. Just let it do that and detach <laughs> yourself from it. And just that little bit of centering, just that little bit of mindfulness um, calms you. A tremendous exactly, uh, and not that you'll never lose your temper, you'll never get upset, but right, it becomes right. a rare occurrence rather than a continuous uh, condition uh, a, a hamster wheel you're stuck in. <laughs> well, you know, we live in a time, as you know, where of high technology, extraordinary buildings, extraordinary architecture, extraordinary opportunities in many ways, but yet. We need left brain to protect us. It's reactionary mode. We need his verbalizations. We need his concrete thinking. And at times, frankly, to survive in the business world, in the office and whatever, we need territorial consciousness. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you view it, we need goal-oriented thinking. All of this comes from left brain. So you know what? Left brain protects us in many ways. But right brain connects us with who we really are and connects us with divine consciousness. Divine consciousness has many arms and many branches. And we know, we know from, uh, from recognizing the gods of mythology and uh, religious uh, deities. So divine consciousness has many branches, branches. But we know that there's one cosmic source behind all things. That's where right brain, I feel, comes in. The emotional, the visual, the symbolic, the artistic, the playful, the compassionate, the intuitive, how many times our intuition has worked for us. We can't define it. We can't touch it. But we know it's there. Uh, most certainly so. And it's it's never far away. Uh, one of the things that always uh, confused me is when people were trying to become one with the universe. When I was younger, because uh, I reasoned, how could you not be one with the universe? You know, universe on any level you looked at it, uh, even if you didn't understand what was going on, you were still part of everything that was uh, going on. And uh, then I discovered as I went through life that um, it's not that we're not one with the universe; is that we don't feel like we're one with the universe, and it's that feeling uh, that keeps people stuck. And if they they work like on meditation, on prayer, on any one of a number of uh, techniques that they could apply, um, that knowing that regardless of what is happening to you, you're part of some process. Um, working with dreams, I find especially helpful because uh, mm -hmm. once you work with dreams, you discover that you do a lot more than dream during the course of the night. There's all sorts of states of mind mm -hmm. that are in between. Now they're calling them liminal states, uh, but there's also right. the hypnotic 
in the hypnopompic states. And if you mm-hmm. do enough time work, you'll eventually be able to differentiate. And again, uh, sometimes it, it works better than other times, but uh, I've been doing this as a kid. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, um, you become aware that your consciousness, what you identify as you, is like the pointer on a computer screen. And exactly. And you can open up a bunch of windows and you can go between them, but you can only like click on one thing at a time. And that sense of identity we have, the I am, that's all it is. Uh, and that's right. That's going on. And then there are, there are places, uh, um, you know, where there is something, some consciousness that's part of us or we're part of it that does know what's going on. And then having faith in that, um, mm-hmm. that, this does make sense on some level. It might not make sense to you as you're going through it, but it does make uh, sense on a, on a higher level uh, that relieves uh, you of a lot of the burden of questioning and, you know, uh, wondering and uh, uh, fighting with the heavens. Uh, and it's just an understanding. It's uh, wispy like air, uh, but it's phenomenally powerful. And, you know, I agree with, Everything you've just said, and that's why, you know, sometimes people get involved, too involved in dogma and doctrinal do's and don'ts in trying to get to the places you've just described. But again, and I, you know, I love reading all of it. I love researching all of it. But at the end of the day, and you said it right, you know, I'm too old to get my body into a lotus position. So I find <laughs> lying in bed and trying to connect, relaxing and reaching out in a meditative state to connect with the infinite is all I really need. So at the end of the day, you know, the wonder of this life we live is the vast landscape of differences in wildlife and people, the complex universe, which we're still trying to uncover. You know, we're only only lately are we realizing astrophysicists are acknowledging there may be multiverses and right. uh, you know, more than any more than we can even comprehend. And yet it's within all of this is an underlying force that appears to hold it all together. And I think inwardly we know this. There's one divine consciousness that causes that can cause us to relax in the knowledge that it is there. There's going to be going to be times of struggle, but in those times of struggle, that's how we learn, and that's how we learn to utilize the wisdom of the hemispheres and left brain when we have to to protect ourselves, to protect our families, our territory, our consciousness, and then reach out to right brain to connect with the divine within. So I think that is that's the marvel of this life, and that's why I like to keep it simple by exploring the wisdom of the hemispheres, and by all means the bicameral mind, which I think answers a lot of questions. Being aware of both hemispheres of the brain and how to initiate the activity of both hemispheres when it's required. So now you're looking at a logical approach and a spiritual approach. It's it's exciting to me. It's amazing, and it's right there before us. We've just we're just only now really being able to define it. Oh, very true. And uh, if we look at uh, the stories of old, the myths, uh, as it were, uh, the legends and lore of uh, of uh, Aboriginal peoples throughout the world, uh, we find that. Uh, uh, perhaps we'd reached uh, this point technologically before. Um, aside from the artifacts that are occasionally found that no one can explain, 
Uh, I remember mm-hmm. when I was growing up uh, uh, in school, they used to mock the native, uh, they used to call them witch doctors, the, the shaman mm-hmm. or the medicine people of their tribe uh, for all mm-hmm. the things that they claimed they could do with uh, crystals. And with crystals, they could talk to people, you know, far away and they could look into the crystals and see images. And uh, uh, some of the things that you tapped into uh, were true and some were false. So you needed to differentiate between the visions that you were getting uh, with uh, the crystals and so forth. And now our information age was brought into being through crystals. And yes, we can uh, look far away and talk to people far away. And not everything we see is true. And we have to you know, question its uh, reality. And right now we're in a period in history where that's become the central thing. Um, circumstances have forced us to question everything. So uh, we don't have that certainty, as you mentioned before, that uh, foundation, at least, for a reality to stand firmly on the ground, because we don't know what's you know happening and why it's happening and uh, what it means. So uh, those uh, medicine people, those shaman, those witch doctors uh, knew what they were talking about uh, because we're there now. Absolutely. And I think that, um, as you just pointed out, our abilities to differentiate in terms of what might be true, might what might not be so true, that's where, again, our, our, our wisdom of the hemispheres comes in and our bicameral abilities. And uh, as I've said in previous uh, programs, and I will stand on this till I die, I think a, a, a teaching protocol, if you will, in terms of identifying the wisdom of the hemispheres and the bicameral mind really should be introduced in practically every major educational institution. I think it's vital. I think it's something everybody should know. I think it's a firm foundation to move forward on everything we've just discussed in terms of spirituality, in terms of business success, to be aware of the bicameral mind and what it is and what it does. I think there should be major college courses in this field. And I hope someday that we'll live long enough to see that. I hope so, too, because I I find a lot of value in the uh, theory and uh, even the parts I don't agree with or you don't agree with. You know, the the line of inquiry led to some interesting uh, places. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I found that a lot of knowledge uh, becomes out of fashion. And Mm -hmm. uh, we find this with uh, Greek studies, uh, especially that uh, like with Ellen Harrison and uh, Burkhart. uh, These Mm -hmm. are people theories at one time were. Um, considered, uh, you know, cutting edge and very true, and now they right. become out of uh, fashion, as it were, outmoded. But I still, while studying them, discovered many things I would not have otherwise, uh, you know, understood. So mm-hmm. even though, you know, they're they're not in fashion, they still can lead to great understandings. And it's the same thing with uh, uh, the bicameral mind. Even though the theory is no longer fashionable, and they say it's been disproven. Uh, he did reveal a lot of information that has proven very practically helpful and metaphysically helpful in my life. So uh, I honor him for that. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, as you're well aware, the ancient Greeks, Greeks lived in a God-saturated universe. Everything in the material world related in some way to God's spirits and heavenly creatures. I mean, I don't think, I think in no time in our history, has right brain been so played such a vital part? The right right 
hemisphere of the mind in terms of listening and identifying and practically being able to touch the infinite as it was during the golden age of the of of mythology socrates wrote that inspired thoughts originate with the gods and (laughs) i mean uh, i certainly believe that you know everything in the material world begins with a concept an idea where does that idea come from? It comes from the ether somewhere, deep within our consciousness and without. So that's why I think it's vitally important to simply be aware of just how functionally, simply, that both hemispheres of our minds work. And it answers, for me anyway, it answers so many questions, uh, whether, it become, uh, whether it deals with all, all taking care of our bodies, holistic medicine, Bodybuilding, I've coined a phrase, bicameral training, because we can use creative mind in our training, and then we can use logical mind in our training, and both play a vital role. Uh, Yes, most certainly so, and uh, as you've noticed when I do my uh, um, exercises, some of it is meditation, some of it's alignment, some of it's uh, um, other uh, types of bodybuilding techniques that are not really uh, uh, physical directly, but I consider them uh, vital because, you know, you guys can get yourself in those states of mind um, and uh, emotional attunement. Otherwise uh, you're just wasting your time. So I I spend time focusing on those and that holistic experience um, is what I look for. And I've been practicing your uh, holistic sets. And mm-hmm. I've been getting a lot out of them. You're right. You can't do very heavy uh, weights. Uh, but what you use uh, produces a really good uh, pump, surprisingly so. I agree. I think, uh, you know, combining, especially combining squats with uh, two-arm dumbbell curls or even uh, dumbbell lateral extensions, it's definitely uh-huh. a sculpting move. It's not a size-building movement. But the exciting thing about it is not only you're sculpting, you're definitely hitting the red muscle fibers, but you're also taxing, uh, creating an aerobic effect that can be very beneficial to the cardiovascular system and what have you. So I think uh, it's, a, it's a positive addition to uh, my training, at least, and hopefully to others as well. And uh, I think it definitely has a place. I think so, too. And on that thought, we're approaching the end of our uh, journey, and I want to give you an opportunity to let people know how they can uh, um, hook up with you. And I also want to announce that uh, there is a fourth show uh, on the horizon, and uh, this show will be on HD radio, and it will also be streamed uh, so that people mm-hmm. can uh, to it. Uh, unfortunately, there, this, the show will not be stored forever as it is on Block Talk Radio, but for two weeks. So for two weeks, the show will be up. And uh, the area that I'll be exploring is uh, UFOs, the multiverse, and the altered states of consciousness. So uh, I will be inviting you to be a guest on that show as often as I can because uh, you have a lot of stories uh, uh, to share and a lot of insights to share that don't come out here in the uh, you know, health shows and, and so forth that we've mm-hmm. been doing together. So I'm really looking forward to that adventure with you. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to bring the wisdom of the hemispheres to your audience. And I think it's vital. And I'm hoping someday, uh, again, it will be part of uh, our educational institutions because it's as well as our religious institutions, because I think that science answers a, and that art answers an awful lot of questions. 
and you've written two books, and you have a chart uh, that you yes, provide. Yes, my secrets of uh, holistic unfoldment, the wisdom of the hemispheres, which very clearly and simply defines left brain and right brain function. Uh, that w- is absolutely free. Anyone can order. Just send me a request. And if you order my uh, Creative Health Manual for a donation of $3, which covers a, a wide-ranging uh, subject matter in terms of holistic therapies, uh, you will also get the chart absolutely free with the, with the manual. So you can order it separately. It's free. If you order my uh, Creative Health Manual, that also, it also comes free. And that's uh, to uh, Box 129. Caldwell, New Jersey, 07006, uh, $3 a copy to Michael Del Rossi. And you also have a ministry as uh, well where you help people who are uh, trying to get better attuned with uh, their bodies and uh, uh, to clear themselves of uh, poisons and to uh, grow through their um, exercise. Absolutely. They can write me at the same address, uh, Box 129, Caldwell, New Jersey, uh, if they order my creative health manual, I can give them my phone number at that time, and they're welcome to call me. And it is there is no charge. There is no charge for my counseling, and uh, I will provide a protocol, and there's no charge for any of that. Thank you, Michael. You're awesome, and I look forward to our continued adventures. Uh, uh, happy holidays and happy uh, new year, and I will talk to you very soon. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, as always. Thank you so much. Same here. And uh, to our listeners, we're going to listen to uh, Dave the Bard's Cauldron Born, which is about rebirth and rejuvenation. Uh, and then we'll be back for a update on our 2020 lineup.
shades of earth, sea and sky Of dragon and fairy and shades of the night He calls to his ancestors of blood and bone Of womb and tomb and standing stone Lady, stir your cauldron well Chant your words and sing your spell Deep within this darkened hall Hear the goddess Carrot when called of the cauldron's brew and magic she will give to you. You will dance in the eye of the storm, your Keridwen's children, the cauldron born. Go. 
the cauldron's brewing magic she will give to you. You will dance in the eye of the storm, your Caridwen's children, the cauldron born. Cauldron born, cauldron born, with a cauldron born, cauldron born, with a cauldron born. Greetings and welcome back to Voice of Olympus. I am Hercules Invictus, and this is our Optimal Wellness Show, the last one of the year. And I'm going to conclude this episode by giving you a brief look at what is to come in the first quarter of 2020. Um, On Voice of Olympus First, which is our Monday show, which you're currently listening to, on the first Monday of each month, from 1020 to 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have physical culture with Bill Hinburn of Super Strength Training. This is a show primarily about uh, bodybuilding, uh, but also about uh, health uh, generally. And Bill Hinburn uh, is an expert who's devoted his life uh, to this uh, topic. Super Strength Training is a company that has uh, preserved the best. Uh, from the entire journey of bodybuilding since it was called physical culture. Uh, And uh, he's preserved these uh, writings and made them available to uh, those who wish to uh, experiment uh, with or collect the uh, um, cultural artifacts of a bygone age. Um, Now, the second Monday of each month from 9 o'clock to 9.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is Mythic Fitness with Michael DeLucci of Bold Spirits, Holistic Concepts. And Michael was just on on this uh, show, and we're expanding uh, the circle of what we're addressing to include the mind and the spirit. Uh, And sometimes that'll be on the Bold Spirits, Holistic Concepts uh, um, segment, and sometimes it will not. But uh, Michael is expanding uh, his uh, scope for his uh, program. Also on the second Monday of each month, we have... Uh, from 9.40 to 10.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, Mythic Fitness with Ryan Foley of Fury and Strength. Uh, Ryan Foley is a graphic novelist uh, extraordinaire, and uh, I love his uh, mythical graphic uh, novels. In fact, that's how we first uh, connected. And uh, his uh, bodybuilding philosophies and experimentations uh, can benefit uh, everybody. So that is uh, Ryan's show. Uh, Ryan has also appeared on a lot of our other shows, uh, sharing uh, uh, how you can become a graphic novelist and uh, how you can pursue your passions. And we have one of those shows uh, coming up very soon. How do you find your passion? How do you find your purpose and how do you uh, pursue it? On the fourth Monday of each month from 9.40 to 10.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have Linda Marciniak's The Amber Dragon Podcast, uh, which deals uh, with health uh, from a variety of angles, including uh, New Age, uh, as well as some very ancient uh, techniques. 
Uh, Linda is an awesome individual, and uh, I uh, hold my uh, workshops and classes in the Amber Dragon once a month. Uh, and Linda's had the show on uh, this station since uh, we first uh, started, or shortly after we first started the uh, podcast. On the fifth Monday of each month, when a month has a fifth Monday, from 9 to 9.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have Proactive Wellness with Astrid. And as today was a fifth Monday, uh, you can sample that by listening to an earlier portion of uh, the episode. Um, We also have um, Optimal Wellness, the Enchantress of Positive Therapy, beginning in March with Dr. Barbara Becker-Holstein. Barbara and I worked on many creative projects uh, uh, going back for uh, decades, uh, including uh, cable TV shows and public access shows and other podcasts. So uh, I'm really happy uh, to be adventuring with uh, Barbara uh, yet again. And uh, last but not least for our Monday Uh, Optimal Wellness Cycle, we have Age of Heroes, which is my own personal uh, uh, program. And uh, as you've noticed, I also do some co-hosting. I'm a regular guest on some other uh, programs, but these are uh, mine. Uh, And they're the first Monday of each month from 9 to 9.40 p.m., the second Monday of each month from 10.20 to 11 o'clock p.m., and then the fifth Monday of each month uh, when applicable, like today, um, and uh, from 1020 to 11. And I'm using this particular segment to update you on what's happening in the first quarter um, of the following uh, year, in the following decade, in fact. Now, we have under development for Mondays a show on the Bicameral Mind with Michael Delrussi. And you got a sample of that if you listen to Michael's uh, segment uh, today. Um, we have Positive Life Paths with Stavrula. Uh, which is going to be uh, uh, life coaching and looking at different aspects of our uh, daily existence and uh, speaking with people who found ways of making our life quality uh, much uh, higher and better. Uh, We have a healthcare show with uh, Bill Waitman, who's one of my mythic mentors. uh, And uh, most of our shows currently are about uh, workforce development, but Bill knows a lot more than workforce development. uh, So we're going to be uh, relying on his expertise in other uh, fields. Uh, And then we have a healthcare and the workforce show, uh, which will be on our labor show on uh, Wednesdays. Uh, in the Elysium Project. And uh, on that one, I'll be hosting it. And when I'm not hosting it, uh, Bill Waitman or Dan Aloha uh, will be hosting that particular uh, segment. So that is it for Monday's shows. Uh, I'm going to play a song or two, and then I'll be back to go over the songs for the, uh, I'm sorry, the programs for Wednesday that are Optimal Wellness. Ever wake 
And welcome back to Voice of Olympus. Today is our last Optimal Wellness Show of the year, um, and our last episode in the year, in fact. And uh, this is the Optimal Wellness Update, where I'll be introducing you to our 2020 Optimal Wellness uh, lineup. Uh, before the break, we looked at our Monday lineup, and now we're going to look at our Wednesday lineup. And we have a special guest, the legendary Nick Curdo, to tell us about his new Optimal Wellness Show. Connecting the Dots. Uh, on Wednesdays, the first Wednesday of each month from 9 to 10 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time, The Art of Healing with Dr. Kank Young. Uh, Kank is very well uh, um, established and very prolific in her writings and an expert on health. Uh, so that's always an awesome uh, show. And I'm glad that it will be continuing into the new year. Um, on the first Wednesday of each month, also from 10 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, The Age of Heroes. And as we said before, The Age of Heroes is my particular show. Uh, we will be talking about optimal wellness. Uh, other topics uh, will include politics, the environment, uh, labor workforce, and uh, community. Um, on the second, third, and fifth Wednesday of each month, from 9 to 9.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, more Age of Heroes with me. And again, aside from optimal wellness, other topics I'll be covering are politics, environment, labor, workforce, and uh, community. Um, on the second, third, and fifth Wednesdays also, but from 9.40 to 10.20, uh, we have Proactive Wellness with Astrid, and if you listen to uh, this uh, show a little earlier, you can get a sample of that uh, particular uh, show. Astrid also hosts the Sussex Report, which is about politics here in New Jersey, and The Four Elements, which is a show about the environment. And on the fourth Wednesday of each month, from 9 to 9.40 p.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time, uh, we have healthcare in the workforce, which I will be hosting, or Dan Aloha will be hosting, or um, Bill Waitman will be hosting. So uh, we have that, and that is our lineup for optimal wellness for the first quarter of the year. And now we will speak to Nick and see what he has in mind, because what I know sounds fascinating, and I'd love to learn more. Greetings and welcome, Nick. How are you? Well, thank you very much, Hercules. Uh, a pleasure always to be with you. And I just got to tell you that the lineup that you just said, how exciting is that? Oh, my God. I mean, you just hit all the, the spots that everybody's interested in. And are you producing and, and you're also hosting some of these shows. And just congratulations. A, a job well, well done, you. my friend. 
and I'm glad that you're a part of it. And like me, you're you're incredibly focused on a wide area as well. Um, as you know, I started early this morning. I woke up really early, and before I knew it, it's uh, time to do the show. I've been working on this all day. So uh, uh, I'm glad that we're able to connect, and I'm glad that you're here. I, I, I can imagine the uh, how the time flies when you're doing uh, so much producing and uh, contacts, so many contacts that you're making. And, it, of course, it helps all of us uh, immensely to learn these various subjects and to really get into it. So just, again, congratulations. And 2020 is shaping up to be one exciting year. Thank you. Yes, it is. So tell me about uh, Connecting the Dots. Well, this is going to be the new show, and I, I honestly am, am telling you that I am so excited about this. Uh, I'm going to be sharing the show, uh, co-hosting it, with uh, a dear, oh, dear good. friend of mine, uh, Mary Jo Fahey. Uh, Mary Jo uh, lives in um, uh, Florida, and when she was here in New York City uh, many moons ago, she and I worked with Dr. Stephen Greer to to do his first uh, big lecture here in New York City, and we were on the uh, outreach committee, and we ended up packing a huge auditorium um, uh, with people who wanted to hear what Dr. Greer had to say. And uh, after it was over, uh, all of the volunteers that had worked on this project, which was very successful, were all saying goodbye to one another, and Mary Jo and I and a couple of other people said, why are we saying goodbye? What we should be saying is, what are we going to do in New York City next? And so eventually we decided to form an organization, and this was inspired by Dr. Greer, and it turned out to be Disclosure Network New York, which is now in our 18th year of two meetings wow. per month throughout the year here in Manhattan in the uh, West Village at the, uh, the Gay Center on West 13th Street. So that's the short version of this. Mary Jo, let me tell you, if I had to handpick a co-host, I can't imagine a better, more well-informed, and truly inspirational person than Mary Jo Fahey. She is probably the deepest research person I've ever come across in my life. And wow. the deep research goes into medicine, it goes into ET and um, abduction contacts. It goes into the history and what's going on and some of the amazing, truly amazing new discoveries that they're making worldwide. And Mary Jo told me a couple of them uh, earlier today on a phone conversation, and she absolutely took my breath away of some of the new things. So what I'm trying to say is she's, she's very uh, – research in all these various areas and uh, i'll tell you we did a half an, uh, an hour and a half conversation today and it was just oh. the tip of the iceberg with her i'm, I'm not kidding she's amazing wow. and uh, wait till you wait till you get to really hear her and you know the funny part of that is as you know hercules she was my guest on the disclosure network new york uh, a couple of uh probably about a month and a half ago and we started the program. We had a huge technical uh, follow-up, and we couldn't do the show. Remember that? Yes, I, I remember. How could I not remember it? It was horrible. Uh, but uh, that that was uh, systemic all over the place. 
<laughs> oh boy, was it! And of all the people uh, that we've introduced, and we've had uh, altogether very good technical uh, work to for all the podcasts we've been doing, uh, and just to have the one with her be the only one where we had a technical failure was so ironic. I mean, really, we yeah, we, we laughed after we went off the air because it was just it was such a surprise, you know. Um, yes, it, it, it seemed like a conspirational type of thing because of the, the, the subject matter. I, I noticed that, that. I think that was the only time ever that in, in like the three and a half years we've been doing this now uh, that we've had to cancel a show because we couldn't uh, stay connected. Usually it was something I could do, uh, something I could pull out of my hat and, uh, and fix the situation or at least patch it up enough for us to finish. Uh, and this time there was nothing. There was nothing that I could do at all. <laughs> and uh well it, it was again it was a one time thing and uh we're going to correct that uh, uh she's going to be my my featured guest uh on the podcast coming up this coming uh, Thursday night at nine o'clock as you know and uh uh-huh. we're going to touch a wide variety of of subject matter and the uh the listeners are going to get a really good preview of what Mary Jo Fahey is like and I'm telling you right now that they are going to love her on so many levels, and she's so well-informed. Um, she's the deepest researcher I know, and she has a background of also writing books for doctors on medical issues and oh, wow. cutting-edge medical discoveries. And she's actually, over the years, done some talks to her group when she's, when she's told us about some of the, uh, the, the, the new discoveries that can help us to have better health. And so this is something she's been ongoing doing, and she's going to be doing more of that on the the new podcast, like connecting the dots. And believe me, if anybody can connect the dots, it's Mary Jo Fahey. Absolutely. She's amazing. And she's such a wonderful person. You'll get to know her uh, a, a bit when we start doing the show. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm trying to schedule it as quickly as uh, possible. Um, And, uh, um, I will be giving you one of my Age of Heroes uh, slots. I just need to to figure out what they uh, um, I can get it in where I can regularly uh, schedule it. Um, is Monday or Wednesday okay, or can you only do it on a particular day? This way, that'll help me uh, start moving things around. Sure. If it if it's if it's possible, a Monday would be good. If that's if that's okay. possible in your schedule. Yes, that that would be possible. I have three Age of Heroes uh, slots uh, uh, on Monday, so uh, uh, I will look at uh, who is uh, on the shows around those three Age of Heroes, so that you know thematically I might prefer certain weeks to others, uh, and then I will get back to you by tomorrow and we'll schedule it. That that would be great, and I really do look forward to that too. But again, this this uh, the new year is just shaping up to be so interesting and informative and we're going to be we're going to be uh, talking to some amazing people that we've got lined up for both the Arantia book uh podcast as well as the disclosure network podcast and also the uh the the, the real news revealed we've got an amazing guy Michael well, from our group he and his son attend the uh, disclosure network New York uh meetings and Michael is a huge uh, and very deep researcher 
who's done amazing uncovery of some of the major news articles and what's behind them. Uh, he's also a uh, an amazing guy, and he's going to be my guest for the, the the podcast we're going to be doing called the New uh, uh, News Revealed. The, um, that's going to okay. be coming up uh, later on in the month. That is awesome, and uh, I already announced it. I haven't shared the details yet, but I'll be sharing them uh, very shortly. Uh, I have an HD um, radio show uh, that looks like it will be starting in the first quarter of the year as well. This will be my first uh, recent show because I've I've done shows in the past, um, but uh, this is the first uh, in this new wave of – uh, informative entertainment uh, that will not be uh, on uh, Blog Talk uh, Radio. Uh, it will be on HD Radio. So I'll have a studio uh, and I'll be able to do many things that I can't currently do on Blog Talk Radio. And then again, to counterbalance that, they have a lot of restrictions that we don't have here on uh, um, Blog Talk Radio, like FCC regulations and so forth. So, yeah. You know, uh, you give up one thing to get something else, and so it'll be very interesting right. to work in a different format. Uh, but one of the advantages we have is that there's a studio, so I can have guests uh, coming in for the show. So uh, we could do call-in, and we could do pre-recording, and we could do uh, live guests coming to the studio. It will be on a Sunday. Uh, and uh, the the weeks when you don't have the Urantia book and the Disclosure Network, uh, I'll focus on those weeks uh, to schedule you. Um, and oh, that'd be great. That would be and so exciting. Network, and some of the Disclosure Network folks that I've met that are phenomenally fascinating uh, on the show as well. And uh, um, I'm not going to share too many details of the show yet, but it will deal uh, a lot with uh, UFOs. Well, that, 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 again, is exciting. And you're going to get a whole new audience by being in a yeah. different uh, a media. So that also is building another audience, too. And you can probably promote both of them, the podcast as well as the radio show. So, again, how wonderful is that, really? That, it is awesome. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that this, this kind of fell in my lap, too. I didn't look for it. Uh, I was told about it. And uh um, it, it, everything's going smoothly uh, so far, so I'm I'm really happy about it. And uh, uh, there are other things on the horizon, but they're still a little bit too far away for me to talk about. But uh, if those things happen, 2021 w- will be an awesome year. <laughs> Do we have time to uh, plug the uh, the new uh, Disclosure Network New York meeting coming up on Sunday, yes, January yes. 5? We actually is, have is, is around possible to do that. Okay, uh, again, it's on Sunday, January 5, and it's going to be from 2 to 4 o'clock. We have an amazing woman, Francine Vale. Uh, she's written several books, incredible, heartfelt books. I, I have the whole collection, and I recommend that to, uh, to you all. I believe she's on Amazon, uh, Francine Vale, V-A-L-E. And she's going to be doing a lecture. It's titled, and here it comes, High frequency healing your well being. Wow. Yeah, and boy, Francine again, um, she's an inspiring person. She's a spiritual person. Um, she's uh, just a, a warm, loving person. And I'm not the only one who said this that when she comes into the room, you can feel her loving presence. And 
Uh, it's not just my imagination or other people. They've told me what is going on because Francine, when she enters a, a place, the, the the electricity somehow changes, and you, wow. you just feel a warmth coming from her direction. It's she's like that. I mean, she's really like that in real life. Um, she's a very special person, and she's consented to do the lecture, and we are very very excited about that. Um, she's talking about 10th dimensional beings of light. Uh, she's going to do a, a multi-dimensional a human soul lecture. Um, her goal is self-empowerment. And she's going to be also doing a, a fair amount of a Q&A at this meeting. Um, her, her process uh-huh. is integrity, love, kindness, and inspiration. So she's going to do about a 30-minute talk. And the rest of the time will be a Q&A. So this can get real personal. And I, I highly recommend, uh, if you go to the website, uh, that's www.dnny.info. And that stands for Disclosure Network New York. So it's dnny.info. You'll get all the details. Uh, you must RSVP because we have a limited number of seats. So that is required. And on the website, you'll, you'll find out just how to directly RSVP so we can see that. And we're going to give you a confirmation online. So we have to keep, you know, close track of the people that are coming to make sure that we have enough chairs. And I, I recommend that you RSVP as soon as possible. Just go to the website. So anyhow, I just wanted to, to, to mention that because Francine is a, uh, an amazing uh, speaker. You have to have her on connecting the dots, too, because the high-frequency healing certainly fits in with the uh, um, optimal wellness uh, uh, umbrella for uh, that that show. Uh, Hercules, you are indeed a mind reader. (laughs) (laughs) You are, because she'd be perfect. Uh, There's other people, too, that are – we have a a man who uh, does uh, regressive hypnotism, and – He's he's fairly new to the group, and um, I'm going to be interviewing him on one of the programs coming up. And oh, awesome. um, his his goal is to is to help people to understand what is going on with them, and to to really uh, come to terms with the realities of what's going on. And he he's something. So he is going to be scheduled in the new year. That is incredibly awesome, and uh, I'm glad that uh, you're posting them uh, now, these interviews, including the one uh, I recently did when I was speaking there on uh, YouTube, uh, and uh, you're yeah, welcome absolutely. To, uh, They're all going to be on there, and, and also we did, uh, we did a, a, an amazing, uh, it was a, more than we usually do, I believe it runs about two hours, and that's the first one where we did it on a uh, Zoom, I believe, or Skype, one of the two, and that has been recorded, and we're in the process of loading it. So within a week's time, you'll actually be able to see the, uh, the, the lecturer and the interview that I do with him, and also you'll be able to see some of the people at the, at the meeting. That is fantastic. And so uh, that's probably going to be part of the future where we'll be able to not only audio record it, but visually record the meetings. And that's a whole new level there. You know, yes, we haven't done that in the past. 
I, I can see that future, and it looks uh, awesome. And uh, it, we, we, we had some very good success. I saw the rushes, and it's crystal clear, uh, a really good audio version. So using Skype or Zoom seems to be working out for us. Um, we bought some lights and a camera also so that we can record that another way. So we'll have two different means of recording the, the meetings. We're starting to uh, look into Skype and Zoom. I experimented with uh, both of them in the in the past. Uh, and uh, for some of the things that I'm going to be doing, like uh, getting guests from other countries, uh, it seems like the way to go. Oh, absolutely. And I would recommend Zoom if you're going to be going to other countries. Um, we've done that. We did an interview uh, from London. And uh, that interview, the, the person we interviewed said, please use Zoom as opposed to Skype because we've had much better luck with that. And we did that, and we got a very, very good uh, audio response with that uh, as well as the, uh, the video. So uh, Zoom would be the way to go, I believe. Awesome. And we've come to the end of our journey today, Nick. There's never enough time. Um, can you let people know how to contact uh, you uh, directly and any other place you'd like them to explore on the Internet? Of course, uh, they can certainly more than welcome to if they have any questions or answers or uh, any thoughts they'd like to share. Uh, my uh, my email address is Nick, which is N I C K, N Y N Y, the number one at gmail dot com, and the number one is the figure one, not O N E, but the figure one. So it's Nick N Y N Y one at gmail dot com. And also, again, the Disclosure Network website, which I highly recommend, you take a look at as our past meetings recorded, as well as what the details are for the, the, the upcoming meeting on the uh, Sunday, the 5th of January at 2 o'clock. And it tells you how to do an RSVP. And we'll also give you a confirmation email once we receive that. And again, that website is dnny.info. Thanks again, Nick. Um, I hope you're having a happy and healthy holiday season. And I wish you a joyous uh, and prosperous new year full of opportunities, uh, joy, happiness, health, and personal fulfillment. Oh, well, thank you very much, Hercules. Obviously, the same goes for you and everyone listening. The very best to the new year. Much love to all. What Nick said. Thanks for joining us. Uh, and uh, to everyone, a happy and healthy uh, new year and all good things. Uh, until next time, this is Hercules and Nick wishing uh, all of you joyous journeys and amazing adventures. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Mm-hmm.